welcome to the Magic Fandom Podcast. I am Alyssa. And I am Dr. John Hammond. And welcome to Jurassic Park. That's some free music for you guys. You're welcome. Um, If you could call it that. We are going to be talking about Jurassic Park this week. This is actually the first in our trilogy series, which we're really excited about. And yes, we know what you're going to say. But Dalton, Alyssa, what about the new Jurassic Park movies? Different trilogy. Yes, it happens 20 years in the future. So what? It's different trilogy, different people. And it's like, I mean, obviously it's connected through quote, Jurassic Park, but they're completely different stories, It's like right? the Star Wars series. It's like everybody yeah. talks about the original trilogy, the prequels, and then the Disney trilogy. Right. Like, that's how it's discussed. It's, like, s- separated. They're yes. not, like, a full series. If you disagree, let us know. If you don't think we should be doing this for our trilogy series, let us know. But I feel like this is a very, like, like, these three movies are considered to be a trilogy to a lot of absolutely, the like OG absolutely. fans. And and we do like the the newer Jurassic Park movies. They they briefly discuss, you know, what happened and stuff like that, but it's like a completely new story. Story. Yeah, agree. So. Um and fun fact, I don't know if y'all listened to last week's podcast, but I have never seen these movies. I think I saw the very first movie a long time ago, and apparently I repressed all of it because <laughs> rewatching yeah. it with Dalton this week, I was like, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, she, we had talked about it. And she was like, oh, I've seen the first one. I haven't seen the other two. I'm like, okay, cool. And so we're watching it, and she's like, I don't remember that happening. I don't remember that. What's about to happen? So, oh my! And like her just facial reactions. I was like, have you ever seen this movie? I thought you seen I was this like movie. like screaming and gasping and stuff as if I had been watching it for the first time. So maybe I had never seen them. Um, but I definitely had never seen the second or third movie. So um, yeah, it was, I have a lot of initial first time viewer thoughts about each of them. Um, but I guess let's, uh, dive into the very, very first one and go from there, shall yeah. we? Yeah, uh, so the first movie came out in uh, 1993. Do you remember where no, you were two. when you watched it for the first time? When I watched it for the first time? I was probably at our house in Alabama. Did you watch it like with your family or with your probably friends? Probably, definitely. Uh, probably, definitely. Okay, probably, definitely. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I watched it with the family first. Okay. And I want to say... I can't remember. I know I got like all three movies on DVD for mm-hmm. like my birthday or Christmas or something like that. So this was like a fave of yours. Yeah, you were... I mean, yeah, I liked watching them. I watched them a fair bit growing up. And then I can't remember if we watched it with the whole thing, like my sister included once, or if I was watching it and she was watching it with me. But she got like scared. She was scared of this movie forever. Well, Even I was, now, I don't think she's seen it. I was going to ask you, how old, do you remember how old you were when you saw it for the first time? And were you scared at all? Like, did it scare you at all? No. Not at all? Not zero, zero amount. And how old were you? I mean, I was probably 12, 13. Listen, I'm 29 and it scared me. <laughs> like, there are some parts that are like genuinely terrifying. There are also some parts that I definitely laughed at. Like all of the, like 50 times per movie, you had a dinosaur eye looking in a window. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, we get it. 
That's I think part silly. of it is like I, it's hard to get scared by something you know isn't real and existing. Like horror movies, there can be a crazy psychopath with a chainsaw. Yeah. There cannot be a 15-foot dinosaur that just decides to walk up in my house. I mean, that's true. Dr. John Hammond begs to differ, but that's true. Well, I mean, they had to go to a secluded island in the middle of nowhere. Right. So. I don't know. I think. um, And I mean, yes, at the time. Yes. This was very advanced CG. Sure. In fact, there's a a little bit of fun fact because there is an episode of the movies that made us on Jurassic Park. Oh. um, That I watched. I believe you watched too, but you probably weren't paying attention. Probably not. <laughs> um, the the there was a v- visual effects like uh, what do they call it? Um, not computer graphics. The opposite of that, like practical, practical effects. Oh, sure. And so they wanted to do this practically. In fact, they did. They made a giant. Uh, robotic, movable, hydraulic Tyrannosaurus Rex. Okay. But the CG guys were able to make it in CG. And so there's this big kind of rift between the practical effect guys and the CG guys because the practical effect was like, oh, we're going to do this dinosaur. Everything's going to look real. But they were able to do the other quicker, faster, and look almost more realistic because they were able to get more fluid movements than with the giant, clunky, you know, mechanics. And so there's a little rift in between there. So it was originally supposed to be, like, all practical effects with just a little bit of CG, you know, uh to edit things out. But it ended up being a lot of CG-heavy elements. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I just, um, and we'll talk about the crew in a minute because obviously the, these first two movies were directed by none other than Mr. Steven Spielberg. And I feel like Spielberg and the, the whole team <laughs> behind this, they do fear really, really well. They, the um, anticipation that the audience feels you know, like you having not ever like there's not even a dinosaur on screen yet. And you're like, like freaking out with the people yeah. that are freaking out. It's like mm-hmm. the the audio and the, you know, the trope of the water glass shaking and yes. like all the different things. Yeah. All the different things that like building instill, the anticipation. Yes. It's like the the biggest part of fear in these movies is the anticipation of it. It's the it's the moments before anything happens that are like the most terrifying. And I feel like they did that really well. So we would be remiss in saying if we didn't say, how does that saying work? Uh, yeah, we would be remiss if we did not bring mention up, yeah. the fact that this is based on a book by mm-hmm. Michael Crichton. Okay, shout out. Um, so this whole thing, like most great things, stems from a book. Yeah, true, um, true. Should we get into the cast? Absolutely, let's go for it. Um, can I blow your mind real quick before you look it up? Blow my mind. Unless you you might have already known this because we might have talked about it as it was happening. Um, the little boy. In the first movie, I can't remember what his name was in the movie. Um, but do you know what he's? Fr- Don't look it up. Do you know what he's from now? From now, as a grown up. Uh, you looking at it? I'm looking at the guy, uh, Whit Whit Hertford. Is no, his name. that's not his name. 
Which boy are you talking about? The little boy from the first movie, the brother sister. Oh, see, I thought you were talking about the little boy at the at the archaeological dig site, not John Hammond's grandson. Yeah, John like, Hammond's grandson. I, I was I was thinking you would have named him specifically. The other boy wasn't ever named, so that's why I was. Yeah, I don't okay. know what his name is. Um, that's what I asked. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's from. Um, he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was one of the members of Queen in the movie. Interesting. He was. Oh shoot. I had his name pulled up, but I can't. Joseph Mazzello? Yes. Played Tim. Yes. And he played, oh, who did he play? John Deacon. Yes, he played did. Played John Deacon. He did. So that is the bass player? I think the bass player was John Deacon? Um, I don't know, but I do have this side by side. And guys, I'll post it on our Instagram so that you guys know what we're talking about. Um, but... That's crazy. I never... Yeah. Yeah, that's the bass player. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Isn't that's that ridiculous. nuts? He looks the same, pretty much. Yeah, he does. Older. Yeah. That's crazy. He has the same kind of face. But yeah, I knew I was going to blow your mind with that one. Um, yeah, so he plays, uh, again, John Hammond's grandson in the first movie. He also has a granddaughter, who also, I feel like, grew up to do stuff. I feel like I've seen her in stuff before. Uh, you have not. Oh, just kidding. Um, the last thing, uh, she did Jurassic Park... Uh, Lost World Jurassic Park briefly. Yeah, she in the was beginning. In, oh, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, looks like she was in one episode of Boy Meets World. <gasps> I knew it. In my brain, I was like, she looks like that girl that was in Boy Meets World, and I should have said it. Uh, she, she was. was the girl that um Sean and Corey helped Claire Ferguson Claire because um her dad beat her. This that's was, right. Yeah, this was like one of the episodes of Boy Meets World like tackled the tough issues. Yeah, and like they had her stay like stay over at their house, mm-hmm. and the parents were like, "Why do you have a girl in your room? Like that's so inappropriate." Da da da. And Corey had to be like, "No, let me tell you what's happening." Like, uh-huh. and it was a big huge deal. That was her. I knew it. I uh, should have said. And she was in Trimmers Three. Uh, and in 2001, and the last thing she was in was in 2013. So she, she's kind of out of, um, the scene, the, the scene. Okay. Well, um, let's talk about the three leads, the three leads, uh, iconic trilogy. So iconic. They're bringing it back in the new Jurassic world dominion or domino or, Oh, I don't know what it's called. The, the, the one, the Jurassic world movie that is coming out soon. Okay. Um, in fact, that's the difference. The what? Jurassic Park trilogy and Jurassic World trilogy. Oh, see? So uh, it has a completely different name. It does. Um, so, yeah, they're going to be appearing. All three of them are going to be appearing in the next Jurassic World movie. But you have Dr. Grant, played by Sam Neill. Yep. Uh, Ellie. She's a doctor, too, I think, right? Yeah, Dr. I think they're all doctors. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ellie, played by uh, Laura Dern. I love her so much. Gorgeous. Can we just talk about, yes, she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. She also has not aged a day in her life. She looks exactly the same as she does now, in my opinion. Um, I'm obsessed with her from a bunch of things. But most recently, she was in Big Little Lies. Ooh, maybe we should do a Big Little Lies episode because I feel like you would like it. But anyway, that's what I love her from. And rounding out our doctors, we have uh, Dr. Malcolm, played by the illustrious Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Who, in my opinion, is just Jeff Goldblum in these movies. Yeah. You know, I, I, like... I feel like that's him in a lot of movies. I feel like he plays the same. And maybe I just haven't seen a whole lot of Jeff Goldblum stuff. I mean, yeah, yeah. The Fly. Uh, what 
else has he been? I don't. You're asking the wrong girl. The Fly, Jurassic Park, uh, Independence Day. Oh yeah. Plays the same kind of quirky character. Yeah, I mean, and I I enjoyed his character in this um, series, and I also think that. His character, Dr. Malcolm, in these movies kind of serves as, like, the voice of the audience a lot of the time. Do you know what I mean? Um, no. Like, he... So, a lot of times in movies, you have the, quote, audience member character. The one that's, like, experiencing everything for the first time and reacting as if the audience... Like, as if we are reacting. For example, like, he's the one that is, like, hey, y'all know this is crazy, right? Like, in the beginning, like, he's the one that is, like, this is a completely insane idea. I don't know what's happening. And so, therefore, he has a lot of the iconic lines. Yeah. Because he is voicing what the audience is thinking. Okay. Yeah, Do you know I what I mean? That. I see that. Um, so, yeah, I really liked his character, for sure. And then... Um, Dr. John Hammond, who I am today. Right. That's uh, who we were played forgetting. by the older brother of Sir David Attenborough. Richard Attenborough. Richard Attenborough. Um, He is a very, like, I don't know. I feel like he's a very critically acclaimed British actor. Am I wrong? Um, Yeah, I mean, he was in a, a bunch of stuff. He, he produced a lot of stuff as well. Um, oh, my God. Was he Santa on... In Miracle on 34th Street with um, Mara Wilson? Is that him? 100% it is. I just, I, I don't know. I was like looking at his face and I was like, wait One, a minute. Was he Santa? 100% <laughs> he is. That's crazy. Um, and also, uh, Dalton didn't believe me at first, but Samuel L. Jackson is in this. And I clocked him immediately. I was like, is that Samuel L. Jackson? And Dalton was like, no. I didn't clock it because somehow in this movie that came out almost 30 years ago, he looks older than he does now. He does. He does look different. And I did look it up that this, like, obviously um, what skyrocketed his career was Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And this came out a year before Pulp Fiction. So nobody knew who Samuel L. Jackson was, basically, in this first movie. Um, And so that's probably why he's not like a top build, you know, Mm. actor or character in the cast list. Um, But anyways, yeah, he is in this first movie. I don't think he makes it, right? Doesn't he die? At the end? He does. He dies. He does die. Um, So R.I.P. That character. Um, And then also B.D. Wong is in this first one. And I think he also dies. B.D. Wong. He's the... um, one of the scientists oh, in yeah. the lab. Oh, yeah, I told you he does not. I told you specifically that he comes back in the newer movies. Oh, he doesn't die. Yeah, I, I told you this as yeah, it but... was happening. I was like, hey, remember him because he's in the new stuff. Same character. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. I She love... never listens to me, people. Yep, mm-hmm. that's why I made a podcast with you. Anyway, um, so I know B.D. Wong from a bunch of stuff. However... He was in Father of the Bride. He was Frank's assistant. And I know that that is such a, like, deep cut in terms of B.D. Wong's, like, entire career. But that is where I love him from. So, shout out B.D. Wong. Um, Other cast members to shout out before we move on? Uh, Wayne Knight. Okay. uh, Played Nedry. um, One of the 
I mean, he's a bad guy, but he works at Jurassic Park as the like uh, science IT guy. Okay. Um, he's the one that causes the whole place to shut down. Is George Costanza in this first one? That's not George Costanza. It's Wayne Knight who plays uh, Newman on Seinfeld. Oh, is George Costanza a different person? George Costanza is a different person. Okay, my bad. Yeah. So but that's, that's who that's, you're talking that's about. That's who I'm talking about. Okay, got it, got it. He plays Nedry. Okay, gotcha. Um, so any other cast before we move on? Um, I don't uh, No, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of who we... Uh, Ariana Richards, we mentioned, and then Joseph Mazzello, the two kids. The kids. And that's pretty much the extent of uh, the cast that we see. Most okay. uh, most of the dealing. There's a couple other characters that are there briefly and get killed. Right. Um, but for the most part, that's all. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I have some initial first-time viewer thoughts um, that I'll kind of, like, rapid-fire through, and you can tell me your thoughts as well. well the... the f- First time when we get to the island and they're driving and the first time we see a dinosaur mm-hmm. and that iconic swell comes in. Yeah. That John Williams scored, because of course he scored this. What didn't he score in the 80s and 90s? Yeah, seriously. Um, just iconic score. Great score. So like, good. You can not like these movies, but if you don't like this score at least, like I, there's something wrong with you because it's just so... There's just something about it. It just feels so happy. I like. I feel like I want that to play when I go into Disney World. Like, <laughs> like it's just so like upbeat. It's, it's uplifting. Like, you're seeing something amazing right now. Yes, it's very true. Um, it's funny that you brought up that particular scene because that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. In the whole movie is when they see the dinosaurs for the <laughs> before very first crazy time. things start. Happening. Yeah, literally <laughs> before the bad well, stuff. That's happens. what's funny is that like they spend the whole beginning like in sheer amazement and awe and like the music is so positive and uplifting and then like 30 minutes later people be <laughs> they're, dying. They're like, like screw this place. Yeah. I just want to go home. I hate it here. This was a, a an affront to God. Like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, um, that's what uh, uh that's one of the like you mentioned earlier, Ian Malcolm, he has some of the most iconic lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, the um, life finds a way. Yeah, that whole which, speech. As we see, it does. Yeah. And then the whole uh, God makes man, man destroys God. Or no, God, God makes dinosaurs. God kills dinosaurs. God makes man, man kills God. God or man creates dinosaurs like that line. Okay. Let me pull it up. Oh, cause I'm butchering it. I think I got it <laughs> close to correct on that. Last well, you one. were just repeating. So I was like, uh, well, what? It, it repeats a lot. God creates dinosaurs. God destroys dinosaurs. God creates man. Man destroys God. Man creates dinosaurs. Yeah. That's, that's how I said it last time. And then Ellie says, dinosaurs eat man. Woman, woman inherits yeah, the woman earth. Inherits the earth. <laughs> um, so anyway, um, Going along with that first scene of everybody, like, seeing the dinosaurs for the first time, the, um, I want to say it is very, very, very overplayed in this movie and in a bunch of movies since then. It's the, um, let me take off my glasses so that I can show my amazement. 
Oh, yes. It They do it so often. They do it a couple of times. Where, yeah. like, they see the dinosaurs and they're like, <gasps> and then they just, like, rip their, rip glasses, their glasses off dramatically. Off. And I'm like, all right, I get it. But, like, there's, it's just, it's like a close-up of the face and the ripping of the glasses and, like, oh, my gosh, it, it's a dinosaur. And it happened, like, 75 times. It's right up there with, like, oh, I'm lost. Let me turn the radio down so I can see where I'm going. I guess like, yes, but it's like that kind of thing. this is is way more like um, I don't know if it's a Spielberg thing or what, but it's uh, I've seen it in a bunch of movies since then that I'm like I don't know. It's just a funny little trope that like happens so often when when somebody in a movie is is amazed or in awe or seeing something for the first time, they gotta like rip their glasses off dramatically, um, and then. Oh, um, I wrote just uh, three simple words, carousel of progress. Would you like yes. to go into that, please? The, the uh, ride that they are on when they get to the Jurassic Park, the main center where, you know, you go on this little mini ride where they show you the science rooms and they show you a little video and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, it it's basically the carousel of progress. It is. It's a thing you go in and sit down, and then it like rotates around a center point. Yeah, and it's a rotating yeah, theater. As soon as, as soon as we start, we're like, oh my gosh, that's carousel of progress. Yeah, I said it, and then like immediately after, Dalton was like, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, it is. And you know what's funny? There are a lot of allusions or just direct like quotes about Walt Disney and Disneyland and all of that stuff throughout these series. Like mm-hmm. I see a lot of parallels regardless um, in like I wrote down in like a later movie. I think that like John Hammond is very much like Walt Disney, Walt Disney type, but yeah. like crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? You could argue that Walt Disney was Walt crazy. was also pretty crazy, but maybe um, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is, but but John Hammond saw his park so viscerally and so specifically mm-hmm. that he's like, this is going to work. This is this like this is all I have. Like he yeah. was he, his drive was so much like that of Walt Disney and, you know, forming Disneyland. And so I thought that was funny. And then they even quoted it. I think it was in the second movie and I wrote it down. Um, oh, OK. Hammond said. Um, all major theme parks have delays. When they opened Disneyland in 1956, nothing worked. Nothing. And then Dr. Malcolm says, but if the Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. That's true. That was the first one. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, I love that. I was already making parallels to Disney parks, and then they literally talked about Disneyland, so I thought that was funny. Um, okay. Are we ready for Alyssa's Costume Corner? Just oh, real yes. quick. It's been a minute since we've had Alyssa's costume. Yes, it has. Um, so the main four. So what I'm, who I'm talking about here is John Hammond, Ellie, Malcolm, and uh, Grant are the main four. If you look, and I'll post this on the Instagram, if you look at their costumes, they're almost like cartoon characters. And I say that because they're all kind of primary colors They all have a specific color palette in these outfits and they wear the same outfit in the entire movie. There is no costume changes. They get wet and dirty, but they're the same clothes throughout the entire movie. And so that kind of makes me think of like cartoon characters and how they never change clothes, you know? And so they 
I don't know. I thought it was pretty interesting that they get, gave each of the four leads seemingly a simple outfit. There's no crazy patterns or anything like that. It's just a specific color for each. Um, but it pops so much on screen. And I think like it's nice that their clothes, that their outfits are simplified because everything around them is like crazy. So if like if they were wearing crazy outfits, it would be too much. You know if what I mean? Jeff Goldblum was wearing his like normal everyday attire. <laughs> yes, so. yes. And so I just really like that the four main characters are just very simplified clothes, you know, and they're um, practical as well because they're all doctors. They're in, you know, uh, whatever island. And so they're not going to have all of these elaborate the first one, it was clothes on. Isla Nublar. I'm going to need you to save that for later, champ. Oh. <laughs> and so. I'm, I'm guessing some trivia. Maybe. 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 Um, but anyway, so I just thought that was kind of interesting to point out that they have seemingly simple, simple color palettes for each of them. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and then what else? We talked about that. We talked about how much I love Laura Dern. Because I do. Okay. At one point in this movie, because uh, again... I don't remember anything about watching this first movie for the first time. Um, felt like the first time when I watched it the other day. I legitimately thought they were about to kill those kids. In, in, uh, yeah. in all caps, I go, are they about to kill these kids? Like <laughs> That whole it, scene. They, they come pretty close. They do. And I did not expect them to come that close. Obviously, I knew that they were going to be put in some sort of danger. But I did not expect them to be like so close to death. Like so many times. Especially, and I, I think I wrote it down um, when it was like raining and they were in the Jeep. And the dinosaur was like crushing the Jeep. Yes. And they are like underneath it. Yes, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And I'm like, they are about to murder these children. I was very concerned. Um, no, he, Stephen King didn't murder any children in this one. Spielberg. I did say King, didn't You I? did. Steven Spielberg. I was about to be like, Stephen King probably would have. Like, yeah, Stephen King probably would have. Um, um, yeah, well, so I, know, uh, I was scared. Two other movies to uh, talk about, but I do have a few fun facts about this one. Sure. Um, so the movie and the book generated so much interest in dinosaurs that uh, there was an increase in paleontology students. Aw, I love that. Um, the Tyrannosaurus Roar, which yeah. I believe has been used in every subsequent movie that has a T-Rex roar. Interesting. Um, well, Jurassic World, Jurassic Park movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe, is uh, a combination of a dog, a penguin, a tiger, an alligator, and elephant sounds. All put together? All put together. Okay, read the first few again. Dog, penguin, tiger, <laughs> alligator, elephant. Penguin? penguin one of these things is not like the other <laughs> seriously wow that's really interesting uh, you know how i mentioned that they had a large um scale like hydraulic robot yeah. uh-huh. well when it would rain it would malfunction sometimes oh no so uh on more than one occasion, they were eating lunch, and then all of a sudden, the T-Rex would start moving, and it would <gasps> freak everyone out. <laughs> that is terrifying. <laughs> That's awful. And here's one to make you uh, feel validated. Okay. Michael Crichton, the writer of Jurassic Park, 
intended John Hammond to be a dark Walt Disney. <gasps> Literally, I'm a genius. I'm a genius. See, and I saw those parallels. Even, like, literally from the beginning, I saw those parallels. And maybe that's it. That's the difference. Because I was like, I don't know what the line is between John Hammond and Walt Disney. Like, why did Walt Disney, why was he successful? You know, I mean, obviously, apart from, like, the scary man-eating dinosaurs. But, like, it is. I think maybe he's a dark Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. <gasps> now, there's a scene in this, in the first movie, in Jurassic Park, where... They're they're on the tour. It's before everything goes bad. Okay. Um, they're on tour. They're on the on the jeeps and driving around, or uh, and excuse me. Uh, actually, they're not in the jeeps. I don't think. I think they're in the explorers, because they use two different vehicles. They used uh, Jeep Wranglers and uh, Ford Explorers. Oh, okay. Um, one of the reasons I wanted to get a jeep was because really? of Jurassic Park. Like I've always wanted a jeep because of Jurassic Park. Oh my gosh, that's um, so funny. So, the, partway through their their tour, they get out and they find a sick Triceratops. Yes. It's never explained what is ha- happens. Like, why them. they're sick. Why they're sick. Yeah. They talk about it, they can't figure it out. Uh-huh. Well, I'm here to tell you why. Because okay. Because <laughs> he does explain everything in the book. They okay. They just didn't put it in the movie. Okay. So, in the original novel and in the screenplay... Um, but it, they ended up cutting it, I guess. Okay. Uh, it was, and I believe it was supposed to be a stegosaurus, not a triceratops. In the book, I they think it was a stegosaurus. They changed it for visuals, so, yeah. probably. Um, it lacked suitable teeth for grinding food. Um, so like birds, uh, they'll, they would, birds swallow small rocks and kind of use them as a gizzard stones to help grind up their teeth, their, their food. Oh, oh, they, they okay. swallow whole pretty much, and so apparently, Triceratops did that as well. Um, and in the digestive tract, these rocks would grind the food to aid in digestion. After six weeks, the rocks would become too smooth to be useful, and the animal would regurgitate them. Hmm. When finding and eating new rocks to use, the animal would also swallow the West Indian lilac berries that were around on the island. Um, and the fact that the berries and stones are regurgitated is, explains why Ellie was never able to find it in the stool. So they, they, oh. they knew that the West Indian lilac berries would cause that. And, you know, that's what she says. Oh, we need to check the stool, see if it's any in there. Yeah. And they didn't find any. Well, it's because they regurgitate them. It still made them sick for a little oh, while. Oh, interesting. Okay. So that explains that in case you were ever wondering because I was. Yeah, that is very fascinating. I love that. I was looking at um, my the rest of my notes for this first one, and I actually have something, but I'm going to add it to trivia at the end. So we can move okay. on to the second one, unless you have some more uh, I fun have facts. just like one or two ones that I thought were pretty interesting. Sure. So the whole Mr. DNA cartoon uh, that's part of the ride. Yes. It was put in just to condense so much of the narration and, and that was done the in the exposition. book. The exposition. It was thrown in there to kind of explain a whole bunch of stuff so we don't have to have a bunch of scenes explained. I am so glad you brought that up because I meant to write that down, that it was so funny how the creators of Jurassic Park not only had to create this movie, but also had to create a subsequent, like, animated cartoon really quick. Yeah, that explains, you know, everything. Yeah. So that's what it was. It was to... 
uh, to expedite catch that everybody up really quickly without yes. having a bunch of scenes. Yes. No, um, that makes sense. Universal, that definitely makes sense. Universal Pictures paid Michael Crichton two million dollars for the rights of the to, for the movie rights for the book before the book was published. Whoa. So, so they, they already they, knew. They already knew. They were like, this is going to be big and we want to make the movie. That's crazy. Wow. Must have been a good book. Uh, and one of the big things that people have talked about, especially in the paleontology field, uh, over the course of the years about this is that several dinosaurs, including the iconic T-Rex, um, were not alive during the Jurassic period. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Well, you know, there's different... There's Mesozoic, there's Cretaceous, there's Triassic, there's Jurassic. A bunch of different time periods that span, you know, a bunch of time. And so uh, there's certain dinosaurs that were only alive during a particular period. Okay. And so that was just an oversight on Michael Crichton's part. Um he was like, uh, that was just the best looking design. Like, I never thought to, you know, really do. Like. Period specific dinosaurs. And I also think that it could be argued that, like, it's a quote theme park. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be That's accurate. You know true. what I mean? Yeah. Like, Michael Crichton could probably have, like, argued that to be like, oh, well. Well, there's <laughs> 16 other things that I have in this park that are from the Jurassic period. Right, right. It's just, the, like, I can't name it the Jurassic through Mesozoic part. Like, right. That doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, it's not yeah. as catchy. Yeah so. yeah. so I definitely understand that. Um Anything well, else? Yeah, let's move on to the second one. Okay, so this second movie is Chuck full of famous people. And yeah, I this couldn't... one's got a bunch. And this one's called The Lost World. I could not handle how many famous people are in this second movie. I was like, what? This is a sequel? First of all, we should say that Laura Dern and... What's... Sam Neill. Sam Neill are not in this second one. However, Jeff Goldblum is. So he's kind of like... He ties the first two together. Um, but they add a bunch of new cast members to this second one. Excuse me, Julianne Moore is in this, and I really, really like her in general. Um, yes. She plays Dr. Sarah Harding. Um, and then, oh, sorry, Hammond is in this as well, but only in the beginning. Yes. Attenborough is in this, in the beginning of this. Um, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn plays uh, Nick Van Owen. And, like, he walked onto the screen, and I was like, is that Vince Vaughn? I was, like, freaking out. And back then... Would this be, like, one of his first big things? Um, or did he do stuff before this? Because I, I am not very well versed in the career. This one came out, what, 97? 97. Um, yeah, I have to look back through his uh, filmography, I guess. Yeah. Seemingly, this might have been one of, maybe one of his first, like, big things. Um... And then also, um, a young Camila Bell is in the beginning of this, if you know who that is. If not, look her up, because she's real pretty. She's been in a bunch of stuff as, like, a grown-up, um, but she was the little girl in the beginning of this movie, and I was like, oh my god, that's Camila Bell. Also, in terms of child actresses in this, Jeff Goldblum, um, it is revealed that he has a daughter, but I think you told me that he says in the first movie he has three kids. 
right? I, yeah, I believe he says in the first movie that... Uh, he's got three kids. He's got three kids. Okay, so in the yeah. second movie, we meet one of them, and it's his daughter, um, Kelly, played by Vanessa Lee Chester, who I immediately clocked because she was in A Little Princess, and I am, or was, but still am, obsessed with that movie. That is another VHS tape that I wore out over and over and over and over and over again. She played the best friend in A Little Princess. And I just looked this up. She was also in Harriet the Spy. Did you ever see Harriet the Spy? I did see Harriet the Spy. That's a good one. That's uh, Michelle Trachtenberg? Yes, that's a good one. She also played the best friend in Harriet the Spy. So she had an illustrious child acting career. Um, And then she, I think she's still doing stuff. I'm pretty sure she's still acting. Um, But anyway, shout out Vanessa because she was like a huge part of my childhood and I had no idea. Um, And then who else should we? Pete Postlethwaite. Yes. Played Roland Tembo. And he was uh, a bad guy? He was the bad guy hunter guy that wanted yes. to hunt the T-Rex. Um, I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff. The Usual Suspects, The Town, Inception. I immediately clocked him from James and the Giant Peach. James and the Giant Peach, yeah. Because he was creepy. He was creepy. He's creepy in this, too. So, typecast. Um, let's see. Anybody else of note? Um, oh, um, Richard Schiff. If you guys know who that is, Richard Schiff. I know him from the West Wing. He was Toby in the West Wing, and I immediately recognized him in this. Um, he plays Eddie Carr, and I don't remember, like, who what his character does in relation to everybody else's character. Do you remember? Uh, was he just one of the... He died, I think. Yeah, he was one of the soldiers, I think, right? No, he wasn't a soldier. He was, like, talking to Jeff Goldblum in the beginning... He was like in some factory and he was like, da 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 da, like pointing people. Oh, yeah. He was, he was getting all the equipment together. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, got it. So, anyway, I immediately recognized him from The West Wing. Uh, there's two more I want to call out. Okay. Uh, Arliss Howard played Peter Ludlow. Um, he was in Full Metal Jacket, he was in Moneyball. Uh, I've seen him in a couple other things. Um, Oh, he was in True uh, True Blood for a little bit, I oh, think. Oh, cool. Uh, Time Traveler's Wife. Oh, I love that movie. Um, he played Peter Ludlow, which I think was one of the, uh, like, assassin guy. Or not assassins, one of the crew. The bad crew. The bad guys, okay. Um, and then Peter Stormare played Dieter, uh, the guy that runs off and gets killed by the compies, the little dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. I... I I think he's been in a bunch of stuff. Oh, he was in Armageddon, but I know him as Satan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he is Satan. Uh, no, he played Satan in Constantine. And honestly, like, you see Satan portrayed in a lot of different movies and shows and stuff. Supernatural has one that's known Lucifer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He has one of the best, like, interpretations of, as, like, a Satan character. Wow. In, in the movie Constantine with Keanu Reeves. Interesting. Okay, cool. Very nice. Um, I wrote this down in both the second and the third movies. The fact that they keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was so... <laughs> and I know that that's very vague, but, like, I it, it was so frustrating to me that after after the results of the first movie, 
Like, lots of death, lots of murder, lots of blood. Okay? Then they come in in the second movie, and Hammond is like, let's do it again. It's fine. Well, what the, what, what, that's the plot of the movie. That's what happened. That's why he's doing it. It's because after the incident on the first island, they had already had a second island. Yeah. He, he said, this is the second island where we do all the testing. Yeah, and yeah. then we bring the animals over, or the dinosaurs over to the first island. Yeah. So this island already existed and had stuff on it. What happened was... When the incident happened on the first island, they just shut everything down and left it. And so it's been three or four years later, and he's like, we should go back and see what's going on there. We left them to their own devices for the past four years. Let's go back and see what's going on. We're not going to... His intention was not to interact, just to film and find, like, and just see what's going on. And then we'll figure out what we're going to do later. Yeah. What he didn't account for is that the company that he started would oust him, and then they send their own crew to bring the dinosaurs back. Right, and to capture them. So yes. I don't think his he had anything to do with the second crew coming. Well, I understand the reasoning behind all of it, but in my brain I'm like, have they not learned? And especially in the third one. But again, well, the third one's a different story, but again, Hammond was sending four people to not interact, just film what's going on. Yeah. It was the other people getting involved that kind of I made guess, things go crazy. I guess. The third one, though, this husband and wife, sure, they got to find their son. I get it. But they're like, hello, have you not read the news over the last however many years that this has been happening? You think you're going to land the plane and you think everything's going to be fine? Like, I was just so frustrated that I'm like, how did they make three of these? In my brain, after the first one, you're like, all right, dinosaurs equals bad, and dinosaurs equal murder. Let me stay away from that island. I was so frustrated with it. <laughs> well, you, you aren't as adventuresome. Adventuresome? Is, is that not a word? Adventuresome? Adventurous? Adventurous, sure. That's better. <laughs> um, no, but you're right. I'm not. I'm really not. Like, to me, I would like 1,000% I would go there. Having known everything that happened? Yes. Nope. Because guess how many people have seen a dinosaur and are still alive? Six. <laughs> I, that'd be cool to be the seventh. Like, I can't. I am not. I don't have the constitution. I truly do not. Um, uh, along those same lines, I think I said at the beginning of this that Spielberg and this whole crew does fear really, really well and the anticipation of all of it very well. Um, case in point, in this second movie, when freaking... Julianne Moore is on the glass. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. The, like, I don't remember having seen like another scene in a movie ever in my life with that kind of Where you weren't fear. moving, where you were just motionless yes. and not breathing. Yes. Yeah. Like I genuinely felt like I was on the glass. Like I felt like I could not move because she could not move. It was, it was so well done. Her, her acting and the shots and the sound and all of that and like the glass breaking little by little by little by little. I was like, this is this section of this movie is just like brilliant storytelling. It's all I mean, it's all really, really great storytelling. Don't get me wrong. But just that scene, I was like, oh, my gosh, it was very, very well done. So I had to shout that scene out. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have a whole lot of other notes for that second well, one. Well, uh, Juliana Moore admitted that she only did this movie to, uh, one, pay off a divorce settlement, 
And and two work with Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I mean, that sounds amazing. Two birds with one stone, Julianne. I get it. That's really funny. She um, did great. Yeah, she did. She's great. Uh, although I can't not see her and like picture her voice, even when she's talking regularly. I still hear that Boston accent from, from 30, Rock. 30 Rock that That's she has. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, it's like, oh, dinosaurs. <laughs> I can't do a Boston accent. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh, uh, so director Steven Spielberg had to attend an early screening for the movie Swingers, uh, starring Vince Vaughn, mm-hmm. um, in order to give it approval to use the Jaws theme music. He was so impressed by Vince Vaughn that he offered him a part in this movie. Oh so my that's, gosh! That's how Vince Vaughn ended up in this movie. Shout out Vince Vaughn! That's amazing. I love that. I love facts like that. This movie held the record for the. This is the Lost World Jurassic Park, the second movie. Okay. Held the record for the biggest opening weekend in history from May 1997 until November 2001, when it was surpassed by what movie? Trivia for you. Trivia for me. You 100% know this and love this. Okay, wait. 2001? 2001. It was surpassed in 2001 by this movie? By, by the movie that I'm having. Right, right. Guess. Jurassic? Also based on books. Harry Potter? Yep. Wow. The first, the first Harry Potter. Wow. Um, I did, I forgot about this one note, and I, um, it was interesting. Uh, it's an interesting thing to point out. Where did I write it? Oh, they, in this movie, explored the terror of a bunch of small dinosaurs as opposed to, like, one big, huge one. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In the first movie, it was the big old T-Rex that was scary. Yes. In this one, it was a bunch of small ones eating at that guy well, or, like, chasing. Had, you also or, the raptors. Right. The but movie. I feel like, actually, in each of these movies, they focused on a different kind of, yes. quote, scary dinosaur. Yes. Like, the first one was one big one. The second one was, like, a group of small ones. And then the third one, I feel like, was the flying ones. The like, pterodactyls. Yeah. Or like they're all, or whatever they are. Yeah. They all had different, like, terror. Yes. You know. Yes. What's it called? Vibes. I don't know. <laughs> so, The Lost World was the name of the book. Mm-hmm. And it just had the Jurassic Park logo on it that identified it as a sequel. Okay. But the studio thought that people might confuse... It with Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's book, The Lost World, which they also made a TV show of, and it was fantastic. Okay. Um, maybe we can do that, because I don't think there was very many seasons of it. Um, anyway, and a lot of the plot points and stuff were similar. Um, uh, and so they originally re- considered renaming this movie The Lost Island. Uh, and in the end, the novel's uh, title was kept, but they colon, you know, secondary tagged it, Jurassic Park. So it's called The Lost World, Jurassic Park. Oh, see, I always thought it was Jurassic Park, colon, The Lost World. No, it's vice versa. Interesting. Okay, got it. Learn something new every day. Um, should we move on to part three, or do you have other fun facts for the second one? Uh, uh, there is roughly 50% more dinosaur action in this movie than in Jurassic Park. See? Because that first one, I feel like, was a lot of, like, establishing the world and a lot of introducing the audience to all of these things, and then there was that one big, crazy, scary scene. And then in this second one, there's, like, a bunch of those scenes. I would agree. Mm Mm-hmm. 
last one, um, this was uh, the first movie Steven Spielberg did after a sabbatical. Um, so after the release of Jurassic Park and Schindler's List, both in 93, both iconic yeah. Oscar-winning movies. Yeah. Uh, he took a sabbatical until he directed this movie, which, did we say what year this came out? 97. 97, yeah. So he took three, probably about three years off. Wow. I mean, he could. He's Steven Spielberg. I mean, he could probably, he never has to direct another Literally. movie again. I mean, he's got that much money. <laughs> um, also, uh, one of the, la- this is just a random Alyssa tangent, one of the latest Steven Spielberg movies uh, it just recently came out which was the remake of West Side Story. And for those of you at home that are musical lovers like I am, I highly recommend it if you haven't seen it already. It just came out on Disney Plus last week, um, but it's been in theaters for a really long time. I am obsessed with it. I think they did a very, very good job. And it was also like very um, Spielberg-ized, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like the first, the first West Side Story was so iconic and they did a really good job of kind of paying homage to that but the like exterior shots and like all of the setups and stuff is very steven spielberg Mm -hmm. to me so anyway just wanted to shout out one of his latest works um but so i only have a few notes it's three and a half hours long what a west side story yes hello jurassic park is like 11 hours long it's (laughs) two West Side Story is so much longer than Jurassic Park. Okay, well, maybe if the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park sang and And did show tunes, yeah, (laughs) it would be a different story. It probably wouldn't have been as big a hit. (laughs) Oh my god, Jurassic Park the musical! Everybody, everybody in those like inflatable Inflatable dino dino suits. That that would be that would be funny. Trying to pirouette, I would pay so much money. Um, oh my gosh. And then they could just use John Williams score, but like add words to it. Like, I'm a dinosaur. I'm a dinosaur. (laughs) He's just like spinning around. Anyway, coming soon to Broadway. I I will produce it. I will produce it. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. Part three. And this one's just called Jurassic Park three. Right? There's not really a title. Yeah, yeah. It's Jurassic just Jurassic Park, Park 3. 3. Do we even say what the second one was really about? They were going to the second island. to yeah. S- Oh, yeah, to see what was going on. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah, chaos ensues. Yeah, basically. Basically. Uh, yeah, so the third film, uh, we bring uh, Sam Neill back. Yes. Um, and Laura Dern. I was going to say. Briefly. Yeah, she's in it. Uh, I mean, she saves the day. Basically. Well, she does, yeah. She but you does don't really see her. Navy and the Marines. Yeah. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah, you see her a little bit at the beginning of this movie. Um, we add a couple of other characters. Uh, Paul Kirby, played by William H. Macy. Yeah. Um, who, I, I mean, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Shameless. Uh, he was in, what was that? Was it Mystery Men? Where it was him and like Ben Stiller and... Uh, Keenan from Keenan, or no, not Keenan, <laughs> Kel. Kel from uh, Keenan and I Kel. have no idea. They're like superheroes. Oh my gosh. We'll have to check that because that's a funny, weird movie. I have uh, never heard of he this was in my like, life. He was like the digger or something. I think he like had a pickaxe. That is very, very specific. But um, Anyway, we have him. We have uh, Amanda Kirby played by Taya Leone. Which I feel like I've seen her in stuff. Uh, she was in Spanglish, uh, Deep Impact, 
Um, she's been uh, in Madam Secretary, the TV show on CBS. Okay. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, Fun with Dick and Jane. Mm, no. Anyway. X-Files, she was... Uh... Maybe it was X-Files. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was X-Files. Um, and then Trevor Morgan, uh, those of you that know Disney Channel know who Trevor Morgan is. He played Eric Kirby, the child of um, yes. Amanda and Paul Kirby, who uh, consequ- consequently, consequentially, anyway, whatever that word is, um, basically is the catalyst for the action of this movie. Of this movie, yeah. Because his parents go and look, go out looking for him and all he of this was, stuff happens. He was in the movie Genius, if you ever saw that, with mm-hmm. a young Emmy Rosen. That's right. Speaking of Shameless. <gasps> shameless time. Full circle. Kevin Bacon. Full circle. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Six um, degrees of separation. He was also in The Sixth Sense? Uh, yeah, he was one of the ghosts, I think. I don't remember that. He was one of the, the uh, kid ghosts. Okay. Interesting. Um, and then we also have Billy Brennan, played by Alessandro Nivola. Uh, he was in American Hustle, Face Off, uh... Not a whole lot of things I'm seeing on here that I've seen. Um, he, I mean, he's he's done a lot of work. There's a lot of stuff on here, just not very much. Looks like a lot of indie stuff and maybe some uh, foreign films too. Okay. Oh, going back oh, to Trevor not. Morgan really quickly. Um, I just thought this was funny. One of his other, one of Trevor Morgan's other movie credits. Uh, he was in Barney's Great Adventure in 1998, and I'm obsessed with Barney. Uh, or I was when I was little. I'm no longer obsessed with Barney. I promise. Um, but there's a scene in this movie where, um, the little kid is watching Barney. Um, who is it? Oh, it's, it's, um, it's Laura Dern's son who answers the phone. Ah, uh, yes. And, and Sam Neill is like, put your mom on the phone. Cause mm-hmm. like everybody's dying basically. And he's like, put your mommy on the phone or whatever. And the little boy gets distracted because he's watching Barney. He's watching Barney. And so that's kind of a funny tie in. Cause maybe it was the Barney that, um. What's his name? Trevor Morgan was in. But I I wrote that down anyway because I just love the juxtaposition of a little kid watching a friendly, happy dinosaur. dinosaur. And then (laughs) while people are being killed by dinosaurs in another scene. So I just thought that was a funny little tie-in. I want to shout out another uh, character. Someone who actually uh, passed not long after this movie was released. Okay. um, Who I didn't realize was dead uh but michael jeter who plays udetsky in this um you all probably recognize him from his role as uh scary clown owner of airbud in airbud because <laughs> that is his his claim to fame um i do feel like i've seen him in other stuff he though. was uh also in the green mile Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the voices, or a couple of voices on uh, the Polar Express movie. Yes. Um, which was, I think, probably one of his last things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember now. I didn't realize he passed either. I had no uh, idea. His IMDb page says he passed in 2003, but yet he has acting credits in 2007. He's a ghost? It's a voice credit on Sesame Street. So it may have been pre-recorded, like interesting, from another time or something. <gasps> Wait, Mr. Noodle. He is Mr. Noodle. I just saw his face. I'm like, oh my god, it's Mr. Noodle. 
I totally remember Mr. Noodle. He was friends with Elmo. Okay, yeah. So he was Mr. Noodle. Oh, that's a lot of his credits is Elmo's World, Mr. Noodle. Yeah, he's, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, that. I watched Sesame Street. I don't remember Mr. Noodle. Yeah, it was a little bit after our time, but all of the kids I nanny were obsessed with Mr. Oh, Noodle. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, wow. He, he's had a very extensive career. Yeah, seriously. Um, done a lot of stuff. Uh, so I think that was about it for the, you know, big cast. Um... Would you like to know the very first note that I have for this third movie? I would love to. In all caps. Stop screaming, girl. Like, yeah. in all caps. Because the wife will not stop screaming. A lot of screaming. Into the, whatchamacallit, the megaphone. Because, mm-hmm. of course, obviously, she's looking for her son. If I was a mother and my son got lost in, the, in a Costa Rican island with the potential threat of dinosaurs, sure, I would be very worried. Sure, I would cry or scream a little bit. But after the first time someone tells me to stop, I would stop. Yeah. Like there's so many times where somebody is yelling and somebody else says, that's not a good idea. Like they said it. Mm-hmm. They've said it like a couple times in this yeah. movie because all of the sound attracts the dinosaurs. So this woman is like yelling into the megaphone. And what is what happens? Oh, the dinosaurs come. I'm like, girl, stop it. Stop. But then again, obviously, the audience members always have way more common sense than the people in the movie. You know what yes. I mean? Like we always are up on our high horse. Like don't go in there. Oh, I wouldn't have done that. But it's cause we're like in the safety of our home sitting on a couch, you know? Yes. So I get it, but still stop screaming. Don't scream when there are dinosaurs around. That's a hot tip for all of you guys at home. So the iconic Tyrannosaurus is not the main villain dinosaur of this movie. In fact, we actually see him get killed. Mm. by the Spinosaurus. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe they did do it in the first movie, but this third movie felt like the first time we saw the dinosaurs fighting each other, as opposed to, like, uh, well, fighting the, the humans. Well, at the end of the first, you see the Tyrannosaurus fighting with the raptors. Okay, gotcha. Um, and a few of the action sequences in this movie were actually borrowed from leftover ideas from the first two movies. <laughs> uh, specifically, the Pteranodon scene and the riverboat scene they were going to do those in the other two movies but due to budget constraints and timing and stuff like that oh. it, it ended up getting good. some of them even got storyboarded okay and they and were like yeah we're gonna do this and then it ended up getting scrapped man man well i mean that worked out for the third movie then um a couple more like funny facts about this. Sure. So in an interview with William H. Macy, uh, this is not true. This is just what he said. <laughs> okay. um, he said that the movie's animatronic Spinosaurus had a 1,000 horsepower motor and that the creature could turn its head at twice the force of gravity with the tip of its nose moving at the speed of more than 100 miles per hour. So he just made that up? I mean, it could be real. I, I did not fact check that. I, I, I just don't feel like that's real. <laughs> so, I mean, it might be. Unless he was just trying to pull someone's leg. The Spinosaurus was the largest animatronic ever built at this point. I don't know if it's been surpassed yet. But okay. it, at this point, it was 25 feet high and 40 feet long and weighed about 24,000 pounds. Good grief. That's terrifying. Uh... It ended just behind the hip, so any shot that you see that has more than just kind of like the top half of it yeah. <laughs> was also CG. <laughs> okay. Because well, yeah. it was really just like the top part of it that they, because yeah. all the 
hydraulics. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Is there... Are there any more? Oh, I thought... I mean, I was just throwing some in as we were going. That's oh, no. A, I'm, really I'm done, I'm done with weird. the... Everybody's like, did they, did they got, did they leave? No, we're here. I was, I was done with my notes. Oh, so. you're done with your notes? Yeah. Now. Okay, so what did you... Which one of these did you like the best? I think I liked the second one the best. You liked the second one which the best. Which is very weird. That is weird. But I think maybe it's because I'm very easy to please. And so if you put a bunch of people I know in a movie, I'm going to love it. You know what I mean? You do several of the people in the third one too, though. Third one... I guess, but I knew everybody in the second one. Okay. And I liked everyone. Like, I love Vince Vaughn. I love Julianne Moore. You know, Jeff Goldblum's funny. I I really liked the cast of the second one. Okay. I think, obviously, I like the first one because it establishes the world and it kind of introduces everything really well. Um, And the musical score, obviously, is unmatched because the second and third movie has that same score, but the first movie has, like, the song, yeah, you know, that everybody knows. Um, but I just, I mean, I liked the action of the second movie. So you, would you say two, one, three? I guess. Although I really liked the action of the third movie, too. I, I would say one, three, two. Because the third one was good. The third one, I love the sequences with the pteranodons. Yeah. Like, it's something that we hadn't seen up to that point. And, and you know, I said I just said that they, they wanted to do it in other movies. They just didn't. So, like, that whole sequence of, like, the birdcage, them realizing what they're in, and then just yeah. that whole sequence of uh, the, uh, the boy getting picked up and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it was good. It was good. We there are parts of each that I liked. Of, we didn't give an overview of what happened, like, what the plot of the third one was. We kind of did. I mean, there was a kid lost and the kid, parents. Yeah, kid, kid gets lost. Parents trick a bunch of people to, <laughs> yeah, uh, like say, "Oh yeah, we're millionaires, have lots of money. Please help us do this thing." And they don't tell everybody that they're actually trying to go find their son who disappeared on this island. Which, like, why wouldn't they just be honest? Because wouldn't people want to help them? Like, why would they make up that elaborate story about being millionaires? Well, the only reason. Uh, Dr. Grant, he said he would never go back there. But they offered and him a bunch of money. They offered him a whole bunch of money and to fund his research. And so he yeah. was like, oh, well, if that's the case, then I'll go. So if it was just a, oh, our son's missing, missing on this island, he would have just been like, your son's dead. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like, but I, I, I am led to believe that if they were like, hey, our son's missing on this island... And also, we're going to give you a bunch of money. Then he would do it. Like, I don't understand Maybe. why they just made that up. Maybe. You know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so you would say two, one. Th- no, you would say one, three, two. One, three, two. Yeah. I, see, I don't know. I think maybe I'm going to do. You're not going to do two, three, one. Well, I almost did for a second. Oh my gosh! I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll we'll talk about this offline because I really, I really don't <laughs> Are you know. Pressured right now. Yes, I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, but I'm I'm ready, ready for some trivia. That's Let's what I do. Some trivia. Trivia. Okay. Okay. So for you today, I have eight normal trivia questions. Okay. And these span all three movies, but I tried to keep them a little general. However. I had never seen these movies before, so I truly don't know if these are hard or easy. Okay. 
I'm I'm hoping that they are not too hard. Um, and then after that, I have seven quotes, and you're gonna have to tell me who said them. Who said them? Got mm-hmm. it. Let's do this. All right. Question number one: What is the very first type of dinosaur that the gang sees in the first movie? Uh, Brachiosaurus. Good job. Wow, I'm very impressed. Was that an easy question? Yeah, I was pausing for... I was trying to remember if they saw the baby raptor before, but I, I realized the that they, they saw the Brachiosaurus first. Good job. All right, number two. What type of animal DNA is used to fill the gaps in the dinosaur DNA sequence? Uh, that would be... Uh, frog. A frog. DNA, yes. Very good. I, I want to say, was it bat DNA? In the, that may have been the video game. There was a dra- several Jurassic Park video games, and I think in one of the video games, they say it's bat DNA that they use. Oh, interesting. Or something like that, maybe. Um, for bonus points, what other animal DNA is used? Like, where does it pull from in the beginning? Oh, where do they get the DNA? It's from dinosaur blood. In a... In in a mosquito. Yes. Preserved in amber. Very good. Very good. Good job. Okay, number three. Where are the two main islands in these films located? And for bonus, what are their names? Isla Nublar and Isla Sorna. Very good. Off the coast of Costa Rica. Very good. Nice job. Um, Number four. In the third movie, what type of eggs does Billy steal? What type of eggs do Billy steal? Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, raptor eggs. Oh, correct. Very good. I just didn't know if I was grammatically correct. What type of eggs does he steal or do he steal? Did he steal? Did he steal? It's past. Sure, sure. But yes, correct. Raptor eggs. Okay, number five. In the first movie, what animal is used to lure the T-Rex into view? It doesn't work. Right, but what animal is used? Uh, I believe it's a goat. Correct. Very good. And that poor little girl, that little girl said, where's the goat? <laughs> and then the goat just appeared in pieces. And it was not pretty. Um, okay, number six. Fill in the blank with the slogan of the first film. An adventure blank in the making. What? It's like the park slogan. Adventure blank in the making. An adventure blank in the making. An adventure blank in the making. I will give you a hint, but it will give it away. Well, it will give away what type of answer I'm looking for. An adventure blank in the making. In the making. I'm looking for a number. It's a big number. Oh, is it a million years? I mean, no, but yes, you're on the right track. 65 million years. See, you messed me up by just saying one blank. I'm trying to think of just one word. Oh, no. No, I'm sorry. Okay. An adventure 65 million years in the making. Got it. 65 million years in the making. Yes. Yeah. Number seven. 
Um, in the second movie, what does Kelly, Malcolm's daughter, uh-huh. do to a, to a velociraptor? What does she do to one? The most realistic thing <laughs> anyone could ever do. <laughs> she parallel barred her... Uh, she parallel barred a raptor through a wall. Yep. Through a window, actually. Through a window. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, don't think that would have worked. I, th- I don't think... Well, it she was... would have been able that I don't think that sixty pound girl would have been able to <laughs> generate enough power to knock out that two hundred pound. It was a it was a plot point though that she was a gymnast and she was cut from the team and then so they had to like throw in a little uh, uneven bar routine sequence and then Jeff Goldblum was like they cut you from the team. She was a little shaky on that dismount though. I mean I understand. <laughs> Okay, last question in this section, I believe. Yes. Oh, actually, you answered this in the beginning. Which dinosaur is found sick in the first film? Oh, that'd be the Triceratops. Triceratops. Poor little Triceratops. Every time I think about a Triceratops, I think of Land Before Time. Land Before Time. Because her name is Sarah. Her name's Sarah. And I was like, that's brilliant. You know. We should do that. That'd be good. I don't know. We've done a lot of kids stuff. That's true. We have. We have. And we're not stopping now. We're doing a bunch of kid stuff in the future. So, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So moving on to quotes. I only have seven of these and you're going to have to tell me who said it. Who said it? All right. Number one was a giveaway because I knew you were going to start the podcast this way. Welcome to Jurassic Park. That's Dr. John Hammond. Very good. Number two. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and screaming. Ooh, it's either Malcolm or Grant. It's got to be... It's got to be Malcolm. Correct. Because Grant, they get there and they don't get a nice reception for the dinosaurs to begin with. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Okay, good job. Number three. One of my favorite quotes of all three of these movies. Hold on to your butts. And it is said several times. And it made me laugh every time. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> butts. <laughs> I don't know. Really? I will say it's not one of the main characters. If that helps. Is it? Is it Samuel Jackson's yes. character? Yeah. Is Arnold it? is his name. Yeah. Or maybe his last name is Arnold, but they yeah. call him Arnold. Um, yeah. Hold on to your butts. And he says it a couple times. Yeah. Um, okay. Number four. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. That sounds like Hammond, too. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. Is it Grant? Yes. Wow. Good job. You're good at this. Um, Number five. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place, but I made a mistake. That sounds like Grant, too. <laughs> uh, I was overwhelmed by the power of this place, but I made a mistake. Could be Hammond as well. But I feel like you'd never give me the same character with multiple lines. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place. What was it again? 
I was overwhelmed by the power of this place, but I made a mistake. If I can give you the beginning of it, um, they say uh, something, something, something. That's the illusion. Oh, it's um, you don't have control over this place. That's the illusion. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place, but I made a mistake. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Um, who hasn't had a quote yet? Laura Dern. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm trying to think of where... When, when did she say that? Um, I think it was towards the beginning, and it was to Hammond. Hammond says something like... Um, it's when they're sitting at the table. Yeah. Eating ice cream. Yes, yes. Got it. Yep. Um, very good. Okay, number six. The world has just changed so radically and we're all running to catch up. The world has just changed so radically and we're all running to catch up. Let me say that what you said about me in the previous question is not true. You said that I don't ever give you the same character twice. Oh, Grant. Yes. <laughs> okay, last but not least. If there is one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free. Malcolm. Correct, because yeah. his next line is... I'm Jeff Goldblum. No, that is his life will find a way life speech. Life will find a way. Yeah. Or life finds a way. Life finds a way. Yeah, that's his whole speech. But I didn't want to put life finds a way because obviously we know that that's him. So I put the line before that. Um, good. You did pretty well. I did okay. <laughs> you did pretty well like on the trivia. I those were, were pretty easy. Like they probably could have gotten a little bit harder. I don't think I could have done much harder because. Yeah. I mean, you could probably like, okay, what is the. Uh, what are the six kinds of dinosaurs you see in the first segment? I like, almost did a bunch of dinosaur questions, but then I was like, this is not, you know, Dinosaur 101. This yeah, is I'm not the a, magic I'm fandom. I'm not a paleontologist here. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So before we uh, announce next week, first of all, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode on Jurassic Park. Um, we watched all of these on DVD, but do you yes. know where they I can watch? I do not because I didn't look. I'm okay. sorry. That's okay. Maybe I can look it up while I'm chatting because I, I have a way to... Actually, let's announce next week and then I'll close out with what I was going to say. So would you like to announce uh, next week's trilogy? Next week's trilogy. I have forgotten what we're doing. <laughs> have you? Okay, that's fine. Um, let me pull up where you can watch Jurassic Park first if there is a place. So... The first one, I'm not going to look up all of them, but the first one, ah, the first one you can watch on HBO Max um, and also Hulu. So um, I don't know if all of them are available on HBO Max, but that first one is. So there you go. Um, so next week we are continuing with our trilogy series um, with another uh, beloved, uh, maybe not beloved trilogy because there is a lot of... Um, What's the word? There's a lot of 
I don't know. There's a lot of people who don't really like all of these movies. You included, probably. Yeah. But I have never seen any of them. We are going to be talking about Iron Man next week. And I know, I know, how have I lived without having seen any of the Iron Man films? So we are going to rectify that. And this will also be kind of starting our Marvel series, because we're going to get to all those movies eventually. And it's yeah. A, I mean, this is the catalyst. This is what started the Marvel oh, yeah. franchise. Iron Man was the first in this whole I did not even think about thing. that, but so yeah. we'll be starting that as well. Okay, so cool. So it's like a double series yeah. next week. That's amazing. I'm very excited about it. I'm excited to watch it with fresh eyes, kind of like I did with Jurassic Park. Um, so I'm sure I'm going to have a lot of thoughts next week and i'm super excited about it um didn't you tell me that like not a lot of people like the third one or this or is it the second one it's been a while since i i think i'm getting i i think i've only seen the second and the third one like once a piece okay and i think i'm blending them t- the two together i, I think i'm blending scenes so okay. i'm not sure which one is the one that everybody's like that one sucks <laughs> Because there is, I know there's one that like a lot Everybody of people doesn't just like. don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I can't remember which one it is. Well, nice. It'll be good to refresh and, and watch and see what we think. Um, okay. So that being said, um, you know the drill by now. Follow us on Instagram over at the Magic Fandom Podcast. I'm going to be posting a bunch of behind the scenes photos and some extra fun facts over there. Um, and send us all your suggestions. If you have a favorite trilogy that you don't think we are already doing, then send us a message and let us know. Um, or uh, other episodes in general, if you have an idea, let us know because we love your feedback. And thank you, as always, for listening. Um, now, to close this out, I'm going to borrow a joke from the first film. You knew I had to do it. Oh, my gosh. I think I know what you were going to say. Because it is now my favorite joke of all time. It was the little kid in the tree in the first movie. <laughs> Please hold. Where is it? Here we go. What do you call a blind dinosaur? What? Do you think you saw us? What do you call a blind dinosaur's dog? I don't know what. Uh, do you think you saw us Rex? <laughs> <laughs> He said that in the first movie, and I just about died because I, I had to do CPR on her. She, did. she passed out <laughs> because I love a stupid joke. I I hope you guys know that about me by now. I am obsessed with a pun or a stupid joke or anything like that. So that is now my new favorite joke, and I'm going to be telling everybody because it's hilarious. So shout out to whoever wrote that joke. Um. Anyways, come on back next week for Iron Man. Um, In the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye-bye now, y'all. Bye!